Good morning. This is Lance Kenmore with the Kenmore team, and I'd like to welcome you to this week's edition of the Tri-Cities Real Estate Update. We're here every Saturday morning right here on News Talk 870. As always, you can contact me, Lance Kenmore, anytime direct on my cell phone at 727-8977 or visit us on the web at KenmoreTeam.com. Once again, I always like to thank John for hosting and everybody here at the station for working to make this happen. John McKay, how you doing over there? Survived Thanksgiving and learned that if you're going to save the dinner rolls afterwards, you got to wrap them up. Yeah, you got to wrap them up. Those can get uh, stale uh, pretty quick, huh? Well, if you don't put them in some sort of a bag or container, <laughs> if you just wrap them up in the you know the the towel thing and leave them on the counter, they turn into hockey pucks. Yeah, square which, pucks. Which and you know a lot about that. You had a lot of hockey over the Thanksgiving break. Wednesday, I think. Friday, Saturday. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. We all know I'm a huge hockey fan and and enjoying some more um, this weekend and the upcoming week with uh, still chasing those kids around for hockey. So so that is that is a lot of fun this time of year. Well, speaking of sports and our celebrity real estate news story, um, I'm going to take you down to Phoenix for this one, Mm -hmm. where the Phoenix Suns owner is a gentleman, a local Arizonian by the name of Robert Sarver. Okay. And the team... He might be better at real estate than he is uh, running the team. I think the article mentioned that uh, that the Suns have had is it eight straight losing something like that or something something like that. But he made his money in real estate development and recently sold the most expensive house recorded on the MLS in the history of Arizona. Wow. According to the agent uh, Chris Karras from Launch Real Estate. So this was a house. Now, a lot of times these stories don't go this way, but he purchased the house in 2006 for $6.2 million, which is not chump change there. No. And then they did expand. It's a five-acre property, and they had a pool and added onto the house. Um, they expanded it to where it ended up being 28,000 square feet, and he <laughs> sold it um, for $19.5 million. Wow! Almost, yeah, almost thirteen million more, and that's the richest house in the history of Arizona. As far as they said in the article, they were very specific to say the highest closed transaction on the MLS. So there could be some off-market sales that Mm -hmm. didn't go through the multiple listing service, but um, for all of Phoenix and Arizona, that's that's a pretty crazy feat. I mean, that's a that's a big number. I mean, it is a seven bedroom. 11 bathroom house. I like it, that 11 bathrooms. 11 bathrooms. They were thinking. They were thinking more than the bedrooms, that's for sure. I mean, it, it's a large property, gorgeous, you know, exposed beam ceilings, theater, gym. I mean, the, the place is absolutely fantastic. One of the cool things it has on it is 
those nano walls, which Phoenix is so warm to where you have the kitchen area out to the patio and that whole glass wall folds back into the wall to make oh, it just yeah. look like an open space. So, mm-hmm. so definitely some incredible things on there. Um, interesting, you know, as I saw the article, I did a little bit of research and pulled up uh, pulled up his name and his ownership records there. And uh, not, not exactly a, a well-liked person around the Phoenix Suns fan base, it sounded like. Well, so. a lot of it has to do with your choice of the general manager and are you a meddler, da 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 on and on and on. You nailed it. In fact, the articles, a couple that I read real quickly said that it does tend to micromanage the team and those and those and those managers there. So the only uh, one who's ever gotten away with that is Jerry Jones. Yeah, yeah that I swear it seems like you read the article, McKay. They definitely referenced him in the article and said he um, is not a Jerry Jones for 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 sure. So that that was the likeness and and the comparison. Well, speaking of that and what people like to do when they talk about coaching and teams and maybe it's turning a team around or setting a goal to win a championship is this is the time of the year where we bust out some of our notes and we talk about goal setting. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of people are in that process right now or beginning to think about it. We, We think a little more proactively to that approach and so we just we just wrapped up this process with our team you know goal setting in in a business world a lot of times people i think really take it for granted because what what you have happening is organizations like that generally have strategic objectives they've done strategic planning they have quarterly metrics that they need to hit mm-hmm. that doesn't always translate to a personal level or maybe a smaller organization where somebody hasn't been exposed to that so one of the things we always like to do this year is say what did we do on our team and how could that help the listeners out there and what's the importance of that so I went back and did a little a little bit of research, and people might have heard this before, but when you type in goal setting or you're in that realm of self, self-improvement and you look on the web and see, a lot of people like to reference back to a Harvard business study, and mm. also then Yale uh, supposedly did a study 10 to 15 years afterwards that was similar. The problem with that is, and it's a famous story where they they say they they looked at a Harvard graduating class back in the 50s, and 10 years later, they analyzed, they asked those students how many of those students had had goals. And it was something to the effect where 84% of them did not have goals. Mm. So then you go, okay, 16% did. Then they said, well, how many people actually wrote those goals down? And the number of people that wrote them down, so it was like 14% had goals. The number that wrote them down was only 3%. And then 10 years later, those 3% that had written them down were making an average of uh, 10 times the other members in the graduating class. Hmm. Famous story. You'll hear it online. You'll see it. 
no one can prove that this study actually exists. exists. And so you see this a lot of times in the self-improvement industry and hear people quote these. Um, there's a reference where it looks like at some point the sales organization with Zig Ziglar, famous sales speaker, motivational speaker, picked it up. Mm-hmm. And then people started referencing that. So it's interesting because I couldn't find any definitive proof of when that had happened. Hmm. So then I'm like, okay, well, a lot of people teach this. I know it works. We used it in our organization. So what can we find? Very, very interesting. The website staticbrain.com had analyzed New Year's goals. And since we're coming up and in that mode... Um, and I thought I would put that down. So they claim that only, and this is actually a study that does exist and you can find the data on it. They claim that only 8% of people achieve their New Year's goals. Hmm. Okay. If you told me, McKay, that we were doing activities that only had an 8% chance of success, I might find other activities for us to do. Yeah. And so I dug into that a little bit to see. So... They claim from their study, 45% of Americans usually make goals. Um, 17% of Americans infrequently make goals and documented 38% never make any goals. Wow. They're just existing day to day. Um, Another interesting measure that they came up with this was that once they make these goals, 75% of people made it through their first week. Only 64% of people made it past one month. Mm-hmm. And only 46% of people made it past six months. Wow. So when, when you break that down and look at that and say that only, say, 50% of the population is making them, um, and if 62% of them usually or infrequently make them, we're talking about only out of that 300 million, 186 million people actually making those goals. And then you have 171 million of them giving up. Um, <laughs> wow. And so I thought that was interesting when we looked at that and then thought about, well, what happens in those situations and what, what likely Um, can increase the chances of success. And so we adopted this really early on in our organization, spent a lot of time studying it and looking at that because we want to be a group that proactively hits those goals. And much like buying a house or selling a house, you're giving us a task that has a clear end result. And so not only do we think it is important for our individuals in our organization, but we also feel it's important for the performance of our organization because we're goal setting every single time we take on one of your jobs or we interview for the job of selling your house or helping Mm -hmm. you buy a house. One of the things and the strategies that we locked onto early on and that is it matters the type of goal that you set. And so we use a system hmm. that we call SMART goals. And SMART is an acronym. So it starts out with the S being specific. So okay. if your goal specific, it answers the questions, what is the goal? Who else is involved? How will I do it? 
And when will I do it? So the greatest example of this coming up in the next, people are going to get through the holidays and then in the new year, um, Gold's Gym, CrossFit, everybody's going to see the places, you know, just balloon with activity jammed so a lot of times because people will start out saying i want to get in better shape that's my goal for the new year Mm -hmm. i gotta tell you right from the beginning they're gonna probably with a goal like that fall into that category of 92 percent of people that fail an example of using the s the specific would be to say on monday wednesday and friday I want to go to the hot yoga class at Gold's Gym in Richland. That that there would be you go. very, very specific. And then on Tuesday and Thursday, I will hike Badger for one hour. Okay, now you have a very, very specific goal, and your chance of success is going to lump you in from the 92% of failure into that 8%. Although hiking Badger for an hour, you're kind of nuts anyway, but I see where you're going. And now you're now, <laughs> now you're taking jabs at me, McKay, because I've been I've been all over Badger this week. Even even with that dusting of and I do blame mm-hmm. you for this with your snow dance, but even with that that dusting of snow, you know, I let a couple of the crazies the first day, you know, um, mash down the trail for me. But I got, I got out there on Badger, so you're calling me crazy. But I but I <laughs> I, I, I like it. We had a, we had a good time getting out there. It was a little cold, but jacket hats mm-hmm. and so that can totally be on your goal. And one of the things we did in that previous example, moving on to the M in the SMART acronym for goal setting, is we made it measurable. So you Mm -hmm. need to establish a concrete criteria for measuring the progress towards the attainment of that goal. So what do I I mean by like that? Well, for exercise, Mm. that's, that's a really easy one. And so I'll take that one off the table. But in real estate, we might, we might say, I want to help, I want to help 25 homeowners sell their house in the first quarter of next year. So I want to have 25 sellers under contract in the first quarter of next year. So that, mm-hmm. in, instead of saying, I want to increase my business, well, now, now we have a very measurable a measurable goal. So we can say, you know, exactly how many listings did we take? And then how many of those have a pending contract on it? So it's very, very measurable. Mm-hmm. In the exercise realm, we would say, you know, instead of I want to exercise more, uh, I want to spend one hour, you know, or two hours a week hiking Badger. And we can measure that on your watch when you started when you finish yes. calendar and, and make that very, very measurable. The, the thing we're going to run into where people struggle in this goal setting, and we're going to talk about after the break, we're going to talk about categories of goal setting. Mm. And two of those very important categories are um, personal and mental and spiritual. So it, you really, it gets harder when you get to 
the spiritual section. Um, and so you say to myself, was I, was I more spiritual today than I was yesterday? <laughs> okay. So once again, we, we have a hmm. major event issue, but there are ways that we can tie metrics to that to help you with your goal setting. Today, we've been talking about what is one of the most powerful systems to help you with achieving those New Year's resolutions, per se, but going beyond New Year's resolutions and overall goal setting for your personal life and your business. We're using SMART acronym. We got through the S and the M. Mm -hmm. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the ART part, the A-R-T, Look at what that means to help you achieve everything you want to next year. Right here on News Talk 870. To the Tri Cities Real Estate Update. Today we've been attacking a little bit different subject, but really something that our team is really passionate about and really sets us apart. And we just went through a exercise that we go through business planning in November. In in the real estate world, we don't like to wait until January first to set our New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we like to hit the ground running. Kind of gives us a head start on the year. And there's a lot of planning and stuff that goes into place. It's a long life cycle for buying a house. If you look at the sales process from pre-approval to looking to closing, we generally like people to have a four to six month range there. So when we're planning for next year, we like to be ready to do that. So we, we lead our team through an exercise with goal setting. And it's a reminder, not only for me personally, but for everybody as the new year starts, What makes a good goal so that we can Mm -hmm. make 2020 the best year you could possibly have? And before the break, we started working on what's called the SMART acronym for setting goals. We went over S specific, M for measurable. And so what's the A? Well, the A is attainable. So after you've defined what what your goal is and what's important to you, you have to figure out a way to make it come true. So you've got to create that attitude and that ability and that skill Mm -hmm. to reach that goal. So you've got to look at the opportunities and what makes it attainable and and is it attainable? Yeah, realistic. Yeah, and so oh, you're skipping to the R, McKay. You just <laughs> stole my thunder by not by not even thinking about it. I need to give you these notes before the show. <laughs> Those two go hand in hand. So let's just address that at, at the same time. Attainable and then the R is realistic. But the realistic part means not only are you able to do it, that Mm -hmm. is a huge portion of it. uh, Because like, I mean, let's think about it. I am not able to play in the NBA. 
Um, so, 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 so that, that's probably not going to fall in that, you know, attainable yeah. and, and realistic. So the able part is a huge thing in that. But one of the things you really need to think about, and we take this process over the course of three weeks because we want people to think about that in our organization. But are you willing to do the work? Mm. To So part of the realistic point is are you willing to do that? Because some goals are going to be easier to reach than others. Yeah. And then you have to decide what level of energy and effort you're, you're going you're going to be able to do. And a realistic goal is if if you truly believe that it can be accomplished, it's likely going to going to be realistic. And I think a lot of us. We know what that differentiation is, but there are mm-hmm. times when we have to look at um, attainability and we say, is it possible for you with an individual's production or, or is it possible for your department? Is it possible to grow by 50% in your department at the hmm. maturity stage we're at in the business? Or is 25% actually attainable? And so we don't like to discourage people, but we feel that the reason why this is so important is because there's a stepping stone process here. And if, yes. if, if that is to grow 50%, maybe we need to look at that as a three or five year goal instead of a one year goal. Well, if you have the stepping stones too far apart, you're going to fall on the pond. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. You can, we've, we've seen it happen in business. We've seen places grow too quickly and then not have the right systems in place. Um, and there's ways to manage that and look at that. So attainable and realistic is a huge part of what we like to look at. And then the last the last part of a smart goal and that is the T and that is timely. And by that timely, we mean do you have a very specific defined time frame? Because mm. if if you lack a timetable, you're you're going to lack urgency. Yeah. Um, and we were talking off the air a little bit and I was, I was telling you, McKay, that I want to do a, there's a hiking challenge that I want to do in June. And so I've already, just because I know that's happening, Mm -hmm. I've already changed my December drastically. Like if you look at this December Mm -hmm. versus my December last year, I did not have this on my books. I looked like a slug last year in December December versus my level of activity this year in December. Mm -hmm. But it is because I'm kind of freaked out by that deadline, you know, and just how hard that, you know, that hike is going to be. And so I've broke it down and say, okay, I have seven months until that happens Mm -hmm. at these progressions. I need to be here. Well, I can't, I can't waste December. I would love to. I mean, it seems really easy and nice to stay (laughs) home by the fire. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, but so there's urgency with that and that, and that creates urgency. So that really helps. Like for instance, you know, the easy example again is fitness. If you want to lose 10 pounds, when do you want to lose it by do you want to have that done by may 1st when boating season starts or do mm-hmm. you want to or do you want to wait until september and and what have you been able to achieve in the past so timely is is a huge part of that and it's really amazing because one of the things that we think is really important and to provide some perspective on 
what's happening in your life, we, we break this down into five categories. So we want each member to have at least two goals mm-hmm. in five categories. And so that one of those categories, the first one that we have written down here is family. What do you want your family goals to be? And so like we talked about, it's always good to give examples here. And a lot of times people will come to us or team members will come to me when we have goal reviews and they say their number one goal was to spend more time with family. Mm-hmm. Love that idea, but you that is a terrible goal. And <laughs> then this other like, Lance, what do you mean? It can't be terrible to spend more time with my family. So I'm like, okay, well, we're not specific and I can't measure that the way you've given me that goal. So, so then people will come back to me and say, you know what? I looked at what you said, and so mm-hmm. I want to now read a book with my daughter for 30 minutes Monday through Friday. Um, okay, now that is spending more time with family. You're very specific, and we can measure that if you did it or not. Yes. So so th- there's just a good example. But family goals, number one category that we look at. Number two category that we talk about, is financial goals pretty obvious one? People uh, might want to, might want to get a raise. They're like, I, I want to get a raise in in June next year. So, what am I what am I going to have to have to do with that? Well, number one, they say I want to get a raise. I say, okay. Once again, we're we're not specific. Yeah. How much do you want that to be? And how are how are we going to measure that? So, financial goals, second category that we look at. Third category is the one that is the number one goal on everybody's New Year's resolution, and that is physical. Yes, and and so we talk about that. I know McKay, you've seen these. You 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 might have even set some of these yourself. I know mm-hmm. I have in the past, um, and so we talk about that being once again having a timetable on it. What what's that? What's that look like? the The fourth category that we work on is educational goals. And so a lot of times this, when you graduate college or you get into your working career, we've noticed that a lot of times people uh, tend to ignore this category a little bit. Now, I was totally had in the college I went to and I might, be, I might not be able to remember a specific instructor or a specific class period. But what I do remember was our theme of that business college and that education was to be a lifelong learner. Mm-hmm. And so we like to incorporate that into the organization and say, what are you working on to get better this year? Is there new classes that you can take about the changing water laws and how they affect real estate? Mm-hmm. Is there a seminar that that you can go to about uh, increasing your technology to help your customers view the homes faster. Whatever whatever that case may be, and that could go into contracting, that could go into the medical profession. I mean, as new technologies emerge and new medicines emerge, you know, people need to be learning. You don't just graduate college and then you're like, I'm done. Okay. I know it all. <laughs> um, and so we are constantly on the lookout for how we can do that. So education's a big one for us. And then I tell you, the hardest category that people struggle with, and that's what I alluded to before the break, that is the, it's, it's labeled with three headlines, and that is personal, mental, 
and spiritual. Mm. And so I will tell you that that is a difficult category to measure. Uh, shout out to our psychologists and our counselors and our mm-hmm. and our reverends and preachers. You know, this is a hard category to relate to specifically, but there are things that you can do in there. So instead of, you know, instead of, you know, increasing your connection with God or increasing your connection with the universe, uh there are things you can do. Maybe then it's the number you start basic with. I want to go to church mm-hmm. three, three out of four weekends a month. a month, or I want to go to yoga and do a medit a lead meditation twice a week mm-hmm. um, to get, to gain a spiritual perspective. So there are ways to make that specific and measurable. But it is hard, and this is like something that you really have to look at what metric is is right for you. When you do it this way and you have those SMART goals, it's a huge first step. We, yeah. we talked about before um, studies really relating anywhere from you know varying degrees, but basically none of those studies say that really only 10% of people are getting this correctly. Are, are getting those goals written down, making smart goals. But the ones that take the time to do are vastly, vastly outperforming the ones that don't. So so it, it, it's something that we can look to help people with get people on the right track for well if anything you don't forget you don't you don't forget you have it written down and there's power something chemically changes in the mind when you have that written down and and written out so Mm -hmm. powerful tool Um, it relates to real estate in a big way because a lot of our goals come down to serving our clients better and helping you meet your goals. So if if you're not good at this and you need help with this and one of those goals centers around selling a house or buying a house, we have the framework that makes this possible so that when mm-hmm. you come to us, we have that step-by-step system. We we help you, we ask the right questions that lead you down the path to get this done. So Literally, um, life-changing stuff with a simple formula of starting, but it's not as simple as this 30-minute radio show. Like I said, our team just spent three weeks on this to be prepared for next year. Mm -hmm. If you have any questions about this, you can always go to KenMoreTeam.com. Shoot me a message. We'd be we'd be glad to help, or at least point you in the in the right way with things that have helped us. Before I get out of here, though, I do want to real quick. We have a pick three. We are still putting awesome inventory on the market. Pick number Absolutely. one, 1624 West Twenty Fifth. This is a five bedroom, three bath home in Kennewick, twenty nine twenty eight square feet. Awesome full length front porch. They've they've the pictures of this. They've done some Christmas decorate. You can see if you want that big front porch with your Christmas swags hanging mm-hmm. on it. I mean, we talk about you can list during the holidays and have a place really look inviting. This house is awesome. Oversized kitchen, tile floors, large island eating bar, stainless steel appliances. In the main level, you also have a great family room, built-in entertainment wall, 
upstairs you have your master suite walk-in closet big fenced backyard with a fire pit which if you're outside this time of day i could have used a fire pit a couple times yep and that's coming in priced at three hundred and seventy-one thousand. so wow awesome property pick number two this is brand new construction this is the acacia floor plan by ambiance homes that's a four bedroom three bath Central Kennewick, located in Center Village. This is priced at three oh nine nine. Really close. We just talked about New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. Really close to the Tri City Court Club, like right around the corner. Right around. I'll, I'll tell you what. For New Year's resolution, radio show only. If you write an offer on fifty five fifty five West Umatilla. I'll throw in your first three months of your gym membership. Oh, there at, you go. At the court club around you the heard corner. It. So, so if you heard it on the radio, it, brand new construction, four bedroom, three bath. Buy a new house, and then I'll put you at the court club for three three months. So it seems like you get a home gym also. Pick number three, ten eighteen Thayer Drive in Richland. This is a five-bedroom, three-bath. It was a converted A-house in central Richland. 35, 25 square feet. Open living room and family room on the main level. Den office with new wood laminate flooring. Awesome remodeled kitchen. This, and then it also has main level bath. Then you get a large and enlarged master bedroom that has three closets in it. Ladies, Mm. gentlemen, with lots of clothes. Listen up. Three closets, new flooring, new fixtures. Secondary bedrooms have had new paint, lots of off-street parking, extra parking behind the gate. And that's coming in at... Two hundred and seventy thousand, well wow. below our average sales price now, mm-hmm. and that gets you into ten eighteen Thayer Drive in Richland. Folks, there's some great um, inventory still coming on, despite our little flurries out there. Mm-hmm. December is always one of our biggest closing months, and. People are still out there looking. It is relatively not bad for this time of year. Um, And there's some inventory out there to look at. Go to KenmoreTeam.com. Shoot us a message. Get those goals set now so that you're ready for New Year's. And we will be right back here next week. Right here on News Talk 870.